Hey there, friends. Just a quick announcement before we start this week's episode. You may have heard about this, but in case you haven't, I wanted to let you know about a new project I've been working on. It's a live concert DVD that we're releasing this summer. We're using Kickstarter to help launch this project, and I'd love for you to be a part. Go to my website, www.chiprichter.com, to get all the details. And thanks for your support. This is Brittany Estep. And I'm Chip Richter. And you're listening to the Roots and Wings Podcast. A conversation about faith, family, and parenting. We're glad you're listening. When Owen was two, three, and four, I could not take him in public <laughs> because he was wild and he would run away from me. And um, I'm in a wheelchair, and I can't always catch him. And so, she, so you had some I, unique challenges I as did. a mom. That so you, when he, yeah. when she was six, right. he was four, and he was, he was um, at the point where I felt like I could go and be in the waiting room with him, uh-huh. and him not run down the street <laughs> and run away. So she I remember, had, or Ariel remember, had to wait until she was six. I remember <laughs> Owen's leash actually. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It it saved his life. It was very humane, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. This is part two of Can You Hear Me Now interview with Bruce and Monica Striefler. Uh, We're excited to share with you guys this little bit of your conversation. Right, Dad? We are excited. Yeah. Do you remember Owen's leash, Brittany? I I do. I think <laughs> I think you probably should have had one of those for Austin. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm probably the one that needed that. Oh <laughs> uh, well, whatever keeps your kids safe, that's a good thing. Yeah, so. it's fun. It's good. Well, we are glad to have you back with us. We're going to jump right back into this uh, part two of the interview with Bruce Monica Striefler. We hope you are following this with interest and excited about this. And uh, it's all about communication. This is actually part three of what we're calling Can You Hear Me Now? So here it is. Here it is. One thing we did early on, I mean, I guess we were a little weird in, <laughs> in the sense, but uh, we didn't have a TV when we first got married. What? <laughs> That's This podcast is over. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course, that was uh, in the last millennium, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's when TVs were run by chipmunks. <laughs> Go ahead. So, um, so yeah, for when the kids were first born and for, I don't know how old Owen was, he's our youngest, uh, but, you know, there was years that we didn't have a TV and we'd emphasize reading books. And right. I know they always wanted to come to our house to watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> they watched it at grandma's too. Grandma's house. I'm yeah. sorry, Bruce. I'm, I'm giving you a hard time. Go ahead. So this is good. So that's good. And one of the things we were intentional about, uh, just you know, wanting to focus on being a family and joining together. And there are so many distractions, and it's you know, there, there's only gotten more distractions since then. And uh, you know, regarding cell phones, like we, you know, I'm sure my kids felt like they were the last ones ever to get cell phones, <laughs> but uh, um. You know, we didn't feel like there was a great need for it. You know, they didn't have their driver's license. You know, we kind of always knew where they were and things like that. So, um, you know, it wasn't big. And I know times have changed since our kids have graduated. But um, but that's kind of, you know, what we went with. 
Well, and that's, but that's certainly a consideration. As parents who are listening to this podcast today, I mean, we do live in a different time for, cer- for certain, but the, that's a legitimate consideration. Anything that takes our kids away from us, you know, our time to engage together, anything, whether it's anything, whether it's sports, whether it's church, whether it's anything that takes them away, we have to really evaluate that, don't we? And just say, all right, is this, it's taking us away, We're, it's costing us something in terms of our relating to them, our nurturing them, our molding, shaping, communicating. So if it's going to take them out of my home and away from our time together, because the time together that we have is so short. Yeah. We, we all know this. We know because, that now, don't Because we? our children are gone. And, and if you're listening to this and you're a young parent, you're thinking, this is going to last forever. It's not. <laughs> the window of opportunity that you have to influence, nurture, encourage, build up, shape your children is limited. There's a, there's, a, there's a beginning and there's an end. And the end is coming quicker than you know. And I don't mean, listen, I just mean it's just natural. <laughs> yes. The end is natural and it needs to happen. There's a time when your children need to go off and be their own people. But when that happens, your influence is diminished. And their influence, what's influencing them is going to be someone, something else. So that being said, anything that takes them out of that during that time we need to be very um, thoughtful and judicious about that and recognize, is this a good thing? Is this good? I think the things that they're involved in, we got involved in, like especially through the teenage years when they got older and they got really involved in their activities. Like our daughter was a dancer right. and she well, was you, literally Monica, at the dance studio six days a week. Right. And, and you shared that with her. Yeah, I because did. Because you enjoyed dance yes, even as you yeah. were interested in dance as, yeah. a, as a young girl. But also too. I saw her shining. Yes. You know, she was like came alive. Right. And so even though I felt like that was a sacrifice of our time, yes. you know, um, it was but really important that, to her. You, But that allowed you to connect with her in yes. that way. And uh, lots of car rides to and from the yeah. dance studio. So conversations. Conversations. Mm-hmm. Also, I like I worked at this dan- one of the studios for a little while. I organized fundraisers. Bruce was the, you know, made props for the stage and went to the competitions and was the stage dad. And, you know, we got involved. And like Owen, I drove to his, all his soccer games and basketball games and carried smelly smelly guys and we had dancers and ball players at our house you know we opened up our doors to to gather their people in right while we still had them you right, know right right but i think in involving yourself in what is important to them right so not necessarily limiting their their right. activities but just saying yes let's do yeah. this and how can i support that and yeah. be a part of it too showing up for Absol- them and, absolutely yeah so encouraging I, them. I do think that's huge, you know, that you have an interest in them and right. who they are becoming and what they d- delight in. And, and you know, like, um, do you think my first interest was dance? You know, <laughs> no, but my first interest was my daughter. Right. And right. Uh, so then my interest became dance. Exactly. Uh, because I was interested in her and, right. and got involved in all these things. So, um yeah, I think that's huge. You know, if if you're not there when they theoretically don't need you, then you know how are, are you going to be the one that they turn to when you they know, really do a, need you? Yeah. Right. 
That's good. Now, would you say, and I appreciate what you've just shared because I, I agree with that too. I think if we find, if we, if we see our kids are super interested or passionate about a certain thing that we can, um, for us as parents to throw ourselves into that, supporting that, encouraging and supporting them. But do you think there's a place for us to um, say, no, wait a minute, you're doing dance, you're doing drama, you're doing worship team, you're doing basketball, well, you're doing, yeah, is there do. a place for parents to say, you know what, we need to, let's look at this mm-hmm. and let's evaluate there's Everything is taken. We, us. especially when our kids were young, we and we learned this from Dave and Brenda, our other brother and sister-in-law. Um, they, you know, said you can do one thing, but they, you know, they had six kids, and if everybody did three things, that would be insane. for for mom and dad. Yeah, right. So we when felt you say like one thing, were, one thing like one sport during school year or yeah, something like yes. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, you know, we kind of thought that was a good idea. And so rather than them do 10 different things, you know, Owen played soccer and Ariel went to dance class. And then Ariel d- decided she'd rather play soccer for a couple of years. And so she did that. And then she went back to dance. So I think, I think especially when they're young, like under high school, you know, I, I do think as parents, we do need to guard their time because there's so much that can consume them and then they just get too busy to be a kid because kids will say yes to everything yeah right because oh that sounds fun oh that sounds fun but then like really physically they get run down or emotionally so at some point you have to be the parent yeah and just say okay wait a minute let's channel let's channel your life i think that is really important yeah and i think allowing them to to be a part of that decision process like what's your favorite thing? You know what? What do you like best? What uh, you know? What works best? What are you most cut out for? Um, you know, not just imposing something upon them. Uh, that's huge. And yeah, and I do think di- kids, different kids need different things. Sure. Some kids may need a little bit more activity, right. Than others. Yeah. Well, there could be some, some kids you may have to force to do something. Well, that's what I was just going to say. There could be mm-hmm. some parents thinking, I wish my kid would want to do something. Yeah. All he wants to do is read. And so like give them a choice. <laughs> or, say, here, there's three things. Pick which one you want right. to do. Give them an so, option. <laughs> so there is a place mm-hmm. as parents where we can introduce our kids to some mm-hmm. ideas Yeah. and say, hey, you know, I heard about this, you know, whatever, and let's just check it out, you know. Yeah, I think that's important too because I think um, – you know, as parents, we may see some things in our children where we go, you know, I think they're they're kind of predisposed to this thing. You know, I want to do my best to try to introduce them to that. And, and that's not, um, you know, that's not living vicariously through your kids. We're like, I always wanted to be a football player. I'm going to make my son a football player. <laughs> or I always wanted to be a dancer. I want to make a daughter. But, uh, you know, but it's it's just simply looking at them or watching them and, and getting a sense, you know, for of what they might be sort of um, – bent towards you know the bible says that train up your children in the way they should go and there's some interpretations of that scripture to say it's just sort of recognizing who they are as people and encouraging the path you know that you recognize that god has got them on so you know to introduce them to those ideas you know when ariel was six that's when i i think she started a dance class and um so for me personally, I love dance. 
I think she was six. She was six because when Owen was two, three, and four, I could not take him in public <laughs> because he was wild and he would run away from me. And um, I'm in a wheelchair and I can't always catch him. And so, she, so you had some I, unique challenges as I a did. mom. That so you, when he yeah. when she was six, right? He was four, and he was. He was um, at the point where I felt like I could go and be in the waiting room with him uh-huh. and him not run down the street <laughs> and run away. So she I remember, had, I Ariel remember, had to wait until she was six. <laughs> I remember Owen's leash, actually. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, and it, it saved it was, his life. It was very humane, everyone. It was a, it was a cute little harness. It with was a little... when I hear people like criticize parents who have this on their kids. I'm like, you don't even know. You don't, you even, don't even know. know. Right. Don't criticize. Oh, my gosh. Right. It saved his life. Exactly right. <laughs> Owen, well, Bruce said it earlier. Owen was, he was always moving. And he if he was. wasn't moving, yeah. he wasn't happy. And he was a little, he was ornery when he was, you know, yeah, two, right. three, and four. But so. so Ariel started at six and she, when it came time for the recital, she did not want to do it. Hmm. And she was really bashful. Mm-hmm. And so I had been a dancer. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of taken away from me. And right. I, I knew I did not want to live vicariously through my daughter. Right. I wanted her to be her. Right. And so when she said, no, I don't want to do the recital, I said, that is okay. Maybe we'll, you, you know, maybe next year you'll feel like it. Good on you. Because I know you probably really, 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 I did. really wanted, I really her, wanted to her to do it. And then her dance teacher was so sad because she said, uh-huh. she's the best little dancer uh, in here, you know. Yeah. And um, I'm like, no, she, you know, I'm not, I'm not forcing that. I'm not right. going to do that to her. Good. So then the next year she wanted to play soccer and I was like sad. I was like, <laughs> what about dance? Don't, don't you want to dance? <laughs> like, oh. So like for a few years she played soccer. Mm-hmm. And then when she was 11, she took a dance class with a friend and oh mm-hmm. my gosh, she lit up. Wow. And she did the recital mm-hmm. and then like then it was all over. Mm-hmm. But like So she found some people that she, she connected did, with yeah, in that in that she, activity. Um she just fell in love with it. That's awesome. And so, but I, you know, the, I, you know, we had talked about not living vicariously through your kids. It was like, I, I, I was intentional about that. Right. I'm like, I know I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm right. not. Right. I, I feel like that's such a good thing. I think a couple points, you know, that I want to just highlight in what you just expressed was one, you know, you really, really, really wanted to be a dancer because that was your passion and, and it was taken away from you. And then, and I just should just share with the listeners. Monica was in a car accident as a teenager, and you lost the the use of your legs, and so, you know, that's tragic, incredibly tragic. And yet, here you are, a mom with a daughter, who oh, guess what? She loves dancing and she's good <laughs> at it. And so, you could absolutely indulge yourself mm-hmm. in the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it may not, it obviously wouldn't be the same, no. but it, it was touching your heart mm-hmm. in a way that your heart was predisposed to. Mm-hmm. And you could encourage her. You, in fact, I know you choreographed dances. You did some, you, you made costumes. You did a lot, you know, with that. So there was even um, God's grace and opportunity for you, mm-hmm. I feel, you know, that yeah. he gave you this opportunity to, to share this with, with your daughter and to experience that with yeah. her. I think that's awesome. Yeah. 
And uh, I appreciate that so much, that part of your story. One thing I think, too, that creates a, an environment that is safe is when parents can apologize to their kids. Mm. I think that's super important because right. then your kids know you make mistakes, too, and we're not perfect and I think that was something as I think I probably apologized. You probably never had to, but <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did, I did. often, <laughs> you know, say, guys, I'm so sorry. You did not deserve that or, well, you know, whatever. But I think that's a really important thing for parents to do to create an, an environment that's safe to communicate in. Absolutely. I think what, what our kids need to know is that we're not perfect, but we love you mm-hmm. like no one will ever love yeah. you. And we love you no matter what. Like, right. There's and nothing lo- you can do that right. can make exactly. us love you more exactly. or make you love you less. And so I do think like that was something that through everything, we wanted to communicate to our kids that they were loved. Right. And so that involved yeah. verbal communication, that involved physical communication, that mm-hmm. involved, you know, just just being there, showing right. up for them, supporting right. them. Right. Mm-hmm. This whole idea of, uh, you know, we want our kids to be authentic with us. You know, if we if we aren't able to be authentic in front of them, then it's not going to be like a two-way street, you know. Right. Um, so it's, I think it's important just even how Monica and I interact. Yes. And, uh, you know, if we can be real and, and, you know, I think so much in this society, you know, we're, it's kind of almost geared to being... You know, you want to look good, or you want to put on a good image, or whatever. Or uh, I think there's also this thing about um, uh, you know we're, we're almost afraid to be vulnerable, uh, afraid to be authentic. Uh, well, you want to feel like your kids think you're always you always know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, think about it. I'm supposed we, to, right? Right. <laughs> we think, but but the reality is, we. We just don't know what we're doing. We're, we're making this up. As we're making we go. it up as we go along. But but there's something in us that wants to just put off this aura that you know I said it and that's it, right? Yeah. Even if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. I I remember doing it with my kids, and yeah, that's not that's always not the place okay. to be in. Now now okay. doesn't mean that we we shouldn't be that we shouldn't make decisions. You know, and sometimes we have to make decisions in a mm-hmm. you know you know at a moment's notice. We may not always do it right, but I feel like it's important to encourage pa- parents to, that, look, it's okay to not <laughs> feel like you know what you're doing, Yes, but yes. don't advocate being a parent. Right. Be mm-hmm. the parent because mm-hmm. there's no one else but you. Be the parent and then sort it out after. If, if, if you need to step in and say, look, I'm going to be the parent right here. I'm going to make this decision right now. I'm going to do this. Do it. Then... If you got to go back and go, okay, I've thought this through. I should have done it this way. And you got to apologize. Or you got to clarify or you got to, you know. And we think we lose face when we do that, but actually it's just the opposite. I feel like we're held in greater esteem when we are able to say, uh, yeah, that really wasn't such a good decision. You know, right. To, to show humility, mm-hmm. right? I mean, to, to recognize exactly. And in fact, I think... I think our kids will learn something, a double thing, especially if it's a deal where as a parent we're stepping into a situation where we're, we're kind of making a decision. We're saying, no, you're not doing that. Why? Because I, I said so. 
Well, because I said so is not an answer. But sometimes it's the only answer we have, right? (laughs) And so we have to say, because I said so, you know. Then we go back and say, all right, listen, I know you're upset because I said no. And, And you asked me why, and I said, because I said so. And that's not a good answer. But it's the only answer I had for you right then. But I felt like I knew that was the right thing. And here's why. Mm-hmm. And let me explain yeah. to you. Yeah. Or, or, God forbid, we go back and say, I thought that was the right answer and I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and here's what I yeah. thought. And I'm, I apologize. Yeah. And, let, and we're going to think that through next time. Mm-hmm. But, but I think what you're saying is being vulnerable, being honest, being real mm-hmm. with your kids. But, mm-hmm. but, but under all that is the message that I love you and I am for you yes. and I want nothing but good for you. Yes. yes, indeed. My heart for you isn't to ruin your fun. My heart for you <laughs> is to enrich your life mm-hmm. yeah. in every way. Yeah. I mean, and that's basically what God is like. You exactly. Know? I mean, we are fully known and fully loved. Yeah. I mean, he knows everything about us and couldn't love us less or couldn't love us more. Mm-hmm. And um, so... That, to be in that place, you know, where you know that you're fully known and fully loved and fully valued and accepted, you know, that's huge. And it's it's a freeing thing. It's a life-giving thing. And, um, you know, thing is, we're not God and we don't know it all. So we have to kind of backtrack a little bit and apologize right. here and there. And We do. Uh, but God has called us to be the parents of the kids that he's given us. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he has given us something um, intuitive um, innate, something that we can't explain why we know what we know. Sometimes you don't know, you don't, you don't think you know, but you do know. <laughs> As a parent, sometimes you just have to call on the depth mm-hmm. of, of what's in you, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just believe there's a mystery to that. And I'm willing to just say, it's like magic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not magic, it's God. It's, it's God has called us to be and he's equipped us to be the parents that we are. And so I want to encourage I mean, I've experienced it. I know you guys have experienced it. Have you ever just just sort of known? You just knew without mm-hmm. your kids telling you? You just knew? And there's yeah. things where you, you just kind of like feel like there's something, this wouldn't be right. good, you know? Right. You, don't, so, you can't explain it. And you can't put your finger on it. And right. so like you really don't have a good answer why not, you know? But, in, but And then in the end, as it all gets shaken out, you realize, oh, there it is. Yeah. And you're proven correct. And I mean, I know it's happened for you. It's happened for us too. And so at those times you got to say, you know, you just got to trust me on this one. And I'm, I'm sorry that, you know, you're right. not going to be with your buddies this time, but uh, right. you're just going to have to trust us on this one. And those are hard times. Those are hard parenting moments. But I do believe that those are when the things, you know, that's when the rubber hits the road. You know, those are real critical times. And I think that's really cool. And I do believe too, as parents, we have to call on the Lord. You know, I, we've talked about this before. I mean, I can't, I couldn't imagine raising my children without having a, a you know, a relationship with the Lord and a prayer yeah. life and a, and a walk of faith and a sense that God is with me. Yeah, yeah so we were talking about being intentional about uh, creating an atmosphere conducive for communication. Uh, one of the things we were real uh, intentional about was having a daily meal together. And, um, you know, sometimes with my work schedule, we couldn't always do dinner. So we would do breakfast or lunch or whatever would work with my work schedule. Oh, so you wouldn't always do dinner. Sometimes it would be breakfast or yeah, lunch or family whatever. breakfast or whatever. Right. But we always made sure we had at least one meal together where, 
you know, we could just talk and laugh and share the day. And That's good. What happened. Or and what, that was every day? Yeah. As much as possible? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's good. So I, I think, uh, I mean, there's so many things pulling families in different directions, and there's often no time to just kind of uh, gather as a family. Mm-hmm. And uh, so to be real intentional about some spot in the day where you can all hang out together and, and uh, you know, it's fun and it's light and it's everybody needs food, you know. So, right, right. Uh, so it was a good time, a good exchange. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, and we had an episode that came out just a couple of weeks ago just about that idea about about family dinner time, about family meal time. And, we, you know, one of the things, one of the points we brought up in that was it doesn't really matter what you eat. It's not about preparing, you know, <laughs> a five-course, a four-course meal or, you know, mm-hmm. a five-star. Uh, it's, it, it could be pizza, right? It could be mac and cheese. It could be Burger King. <laughs> but the point is you're together around the table, taking a break, having food. How was your day? What's thing? So that's awesome. So you guys did that, and it worked for you. Yeah. And another another thing we did was um, family night. Mm. Once there was a season where we were real consistent. Was once a week we did dinner. It was family. It was special. Like no phones, no friends. This was when your kids were a little bit older. They were. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they weren't real little, right. but they weren't. They were. When you say no phones, you mean even like no, no, like no answering the phone for Bruce or I. Right. You know. So if somebody called for. We Business didn't or whatever, right. you just, yeah. But we would, we took turns, like, one night it was the kids' job to make dinner, mm. and they'd send, give it, they'd pick a theme, uh-huh. and they'd give, you know, we'd have invitations, and we'd ha- either have to come dressed up, or, you <laughs> know, there was always a theme. Sometimes Good. it was the boys that did it, the girls that did it, or uh-huh. Bruce and I did it, or, like, and we always, we picked a theme, and, you know, it was just fun. Good. Fun time. Awesome. So you made one night a week, was mm-hmm. family night, and mm-hmm. it was a fun dinner with mm-hmm. some unique mm-hmm. things. Good. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Good yeah, deal. Play games or do whatever. Yeah. And, uh-huh. so. and did you find your kids look forward to that? They did a lot. Yeah, yeah they did. did. Did they ever remind you, tonight's family night, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Right? And you mm-hmm. forgot. You were like, oh my gosh. We I didn't to... forget. Oh, good for you. <laughs> it was, it was intentional. We, we yeah. had those twos, and I, I, I sometimes forgot. But <laughs> the kids were like, Dad, what are we doing? And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That was a fun season. Good deal. Good stuff. So, another thought. <laughs> I could just go on all night. This is oh the guy gosh. that doesn't talk and he's like, I know. Look, look at him. Life. I think he said more than I have. That's great. I go, love Bruce. It. I mean, you don't have to use any of this stuff. But anyway, uh, something, uh, one more thought is that, you know, sometimes I feel like um, we don't give our kids room to be themselves in a mm. sense, we don't allow them to have an opinion. Hmm. And I think it's really important that we allow them to express what's inside them, whether we like it or not. And really the goal of communication is not agreement, it's understanding. Yeah. And sometimes I think we try to make them like us, or we try to make them adults, or we try to make them uh, something that they're, you know, maybe they're not at that place right now. Try to but, tell them what to think. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I think they... They always need to be respectful right. and kind, uh, mm-hmm. but if they can express what's inside them in, in those parameters, you know, yeah. I think they should have that opportunity to do so. That's so good, Bruce. I think encouraging your kids to express their opinion, articulate their opinion in a respectful 
way, especially if it's opposite of what mm-hmm. you feel, mm-hmm. where it's not an argument, but it's a discussion, it's a dialogue. You know, I think that that's what's missing in our society today. We see people shouting at each other, yes. with no one's listening, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. and I think that if we can teach our children to, you know, um, have a conversation where you don't necessarily agree, but that you can at least listen and then be listened to, that's really powerful. That's so good. That's good, Bruce. And I know both of my kids have changed my mind about things. Sure, mine too. Yeah. Absolutely. They have. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's very good. So I think if we don't give them that opportunity, uh, you know, even about some simple things, then, you know, later when things maybe are a little more complicated or they've gotten mm-hmm. in a situation that they don't like, even, you know, they'll be afraid to tell us. Or, right. Uh, but if we can allow them to express themselves freely when the stakes aren't really high, then I think, yeah. you know, then it opens up a wider door. For That's really good. I think, you know, part of communicating is listening. We're going That's to teach... At least 50% of it. <laughs> exactly. So we're going to teach our children to be good communicators. We have to teach them to be good listeners. And we've said many times, the most effective way to teach our children is to do it by example. Mm-hmm. So if we want to teach our kids to be good listeners, we need to be mm-hmm. good listeners. <laughs> but, um, I just want to thank you guys for... Um, sharing just a little bit of your parenting story with us and uh, just the ideas of communication. I think a lot of what you shared today was really going to be really encouraging for people to uh, help them in their communication with their kids and with each other. It's an honor to be here. I appreciate, uh, I mean, we feel like we're still on the journey, still learning. (laughs) So, uh, Well, we are, yeah, for sure. We are glad to be along with everybody here today. Good deal. All right. Well, thanks a lot, everybody, Thank for being with us. You. Thanks, Bruce Thank and Monica. Thank you so Thank much. You. We miss you. We miss you, Brittany. But we'll yes, know Brittany. Be, we miss you. We'll be yes, back with you soon. <laughs> Isn't Brittany the talker though? Brittany is awesome. The, at she's talking. the queen of the talkers. I love it. Talk about a yes. communicator. See, God blessed me with a couple nieces that <laughs> were very chatty, and that's yeah. like a gift. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Thanks. Thanks for being with us. Oh, well, I hope my husband thinks I'm I'm, I'm as a gift because I'm so chatty. (laughs) But yeah, they're awesome. And I miss you guys, too. And it's cool to be able to be a part of this um, with them now, just kind of listening in with all with everybody else, just kind of picking up. Yeah, I I, um, I really appreciate Bruce um, sharing there at the end about um, giving your kids an opportunity to express themselves, even if the opinion that they're going to express is not your opinion. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think as parents, sometimes we need to let our children really be who they are and give them that safe place to, you know, express and share um, kind of what's in their heart. And that's what, that's what conversation is about. You know, like, like Bruce said, half of the conversation is, is listening. (laughs) So I think that's really important and something to remember um, just as we learn how to communicate, you know, with our families uh, as we're as we're together, um, mm-hmm. it's a process, right? I right. think. Yeah, yeah. Like they said, it's it's not something that you arrive at. It's something that you're um, just pursuing and trying to. I mean, even us, right before we clicked record, we had a moment where we're like, 
uh, dad, I'm trying to, I'm trying to read you right now, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm not. And you're like, I'm trying to read you. And I'm like, uh, so like, it's just something that we're always talking about and always working on. And, and it's sure. good. It's good. Well, that's great. I appreciate the, the opportunity just to have conversations with you, Brittany. And also we really appreciate the opportunity to have conversations with our listeners too. So if you have a comment or a thought about what you've heard uh, in this podcast or any of the podcasts, we'd love to hear from you. You can send me an email at chip at chiprichter.com and you can send an email to Brittany at Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y at chiprichter.com. And also, Brittany, tell everybody about the Facebook page. Yeah, you can jump um, online on Facebook. I was like, what's it called? Facebook at Roots and Wings Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. You can also find us on Instagram. So um, just be checking that out. And we hope to hear from you soon. Yes. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. Good stuff. Anything else? You fresh out of ideas? Good. All right. Good. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I'll think of something tomorrow morning. (laughs) We'll do a part three. (laughs) (laughs) You guys will come up with your own podcast.